0: So last week we started this series on why religion doesn't work, and um, we're talking about how uh, human rules have infiltrated uh, the the perfectness of, of God's plan and, and messed it up, so to speak. So I defined religion this way uh, for the purpose of the study: it's humanity's uh, it's humanity's attempt. To bring order and organization to God's already perfect plan. Okay, and so we started last week, and, and I showed you this chart, and I want to go over it quickly again, just kind of as a, as a background, um, and comparing religion versus the gospel, and the gospel meaning the good news. And so, religion says, "I think I can." The gospel says, "I know I can't." That I'm fully dependent on God and fully dependent on what Jesus did for me. Religion teaches that you need to live like us, live like we do. Where the gospel says, follow Jesus as you embrace your uniqueness. Religion says it's us against the world, that we are the followers of Jesus, and if you're not a part of us, we don't want any part of you, and you are the enemy. The gospel says that we're here for the world. Religion says that we should focus on God's judgment and what he's going to do in the afterlife to those who are against him. The gospel focuses on God's mercy. In religion, we compare ourselves. You compare yourselves to others. In the gospel, you compare yourself to Jesus. In religion, you follow the law and tradition. And in the gospel, you follow the two great commands: to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so, again, why does religion not work? What What is it about religion that that makes it? Just impossible, in essence. So we're going to look in Galatians again, chapter two. If you turn with there, there with me, and we need to understand that Paul was writing to the churches in the region of Galatia, and there was, as we said last week, people there who were Judaizers, and they were trying to convince the non-Jewish Christians that they needed to become Jews if they really wanted to be Christian. All right, and so Paul was preaching the gospel instead. And so he was being accused of being a false teacher. And so part of this letter to the churches in Galatia was a defense of his ministry and who he was, right? And so Galatians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, page 1168, if you're using the Pew Bible. Here's what Paul wrote. He said, Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation, and meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running uh, my race in vain. Yet even, not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were led and held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. Now, we're going to camp out in verses 3 and 4 today, and it's here we find a couple of another, another couple of reasons why religion doesn't work. And the first one is this, is religion imposes personal preference and beliefs on other people. Religion imposes personal preference and beliefs on other people. Look back at verse 3 and see what was going on here. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was a Greek. Now, I tried to imagine the conversation that people had with Titus. Now, if you're not familiar, I encourage you to Google circumcised and what that means. It would not have been a pleasant thing for Titus. Right? He was not Jewish. And all of a sudden, he was becoming a leader in this Christian movement. And the Jewish uh, leaders or believers were uncomfortable with this reality. He wasn't Jewish. So he needed at least be somewhat Jewish. So they went to Titus and said, Titus, you know for this to really work out, we think you need to be circumcised. And this is why I perceived Titus's response to be. Titus, it, it would really be beneficial because it would open so many more doors for you. Are you sure, Titus, that that you really don't want to go down this road because we really think it would help? What Paul said is Titus could not be compelled. That no matter what they said or did, Titus was, we're not going to do that. Now, we talked last week how Paul dealt with Judaizers, and and today we deal with churchizers. Right? Now, we don't go to the extreme that Titus would have been forced to go to. Thank goodness. Right? Right? But there are other things that we impose on people. We impose language. We impose dress styles. We impose who we vote for. And on and on we can go, we get the list of things, if you want to be like us, you need to live this way. Got a video that'll help us understand this just a little bit, trying to understand christian ease.
1: Christian! Great! Well, now you've got to clean up your language. And no, I'm not talking about all of those four letter words. Although, you do need to do that too, or else <laughs> you're going to. <dead. laughs> No, I'm talking about Christianese! You need to learn how to speak it, and fast! Talk that talk so people know that you walk that walk. Thankfully, Christian speak is just a rebranded version of things that you already say! In this video, I will provide you with the tools you need to sound like a sold-out Christian. Oh, actually, that's a good place to start. You see, when you're a Christian, the term sold-out basically means the exact opposite of what you're used to. Because you're used to it being a bad thing. Man, you know that band that we love? Yeah? THEY SIGNED A MAJOR RECORD DEAL AND THEY SOLD OUT! But when you're a Christian... Man, you know that Christian band that we love? Yeah. Man, they're sold out for Jesus Christ. Amen, hallelujah. And now that you're a Christian, obviously you have to start going to church. And you used to be able to get away with saying stuff like, it's too long or it was boring, but you can't say stuff like that anymore. If you want to convey that church went too long, just simply use the phrase, Wow, the spirit was really moving this morning. At least put a positive spin on it. I mean, ten choruses of mighty to save and five key changes. It was (laughs) alright. Come to the front! Oh, and say bye-bye to those secular hangouts with your friends. Now you call it doing life. Selfie time! (laughs) Oh, I love getting to do life with my girls! (laughs) And don't think that just because you're a Christian, you have to stop gossiping. Heckles, no! We just call them prayer requests! Hey guys, you might want to be praying for Rhonda. She's been talking about people behind their backs. Isn't that what you're doing right now? No! You're stupid. (laughs) You might want to be praying for her too. She's been backsliding. Oh, and if some fellow believer asks you to do something and you don't want to do it, but you don't want to tell them that you don't want to do it, just tell them that you'll pray about it. And speaking of getting a no, we Christians have our own way of saying that you've been friend zoned. Renee, I just have to tell you that I really oh. like you a lot. Oh, James, I think about oh. you more as-No no no, no like don't a, say it! I think about oh, you- No, please don't do it. this to me! Like a brother in Christ! <laughs> It's okay, James, that girl was probably causing you to stumble. And here's five more. A more Christian way to say that you want to be kind to somebody is to say that you want to love on them. It's just a thing we say, don't read too much into it. The word anointed is equivalent to the word good, as in, he's really anointed on the guitar. Praying is equivalent to the word thinking, as in, I'm praying about if I should go to McDonald's or not. It's between you and God, equals, I I do do not not condone condone what what you're you're doing. doing. And the phrase, I feel led, means, I think that this is what God wants me to do, but don't quote me on it because I'm not positive. The end. So there you go. Those should get you started. I mean, there's a lot more Christianese for you to learn, but believe me, you'll have many different seasons of life to learn them. And I know that it's going to be tough, and some days you're going to want to give up. But on those days, just remember, God is still on the throne. And that one means that you're having a really bad day, but feel guilty complaining about it.
0: Alright, so... Just a little humor there to to say, you know, sometimes we we take this idea of following Jesus and we add rules to it. You know, we say you need to talk this way. Here are the phrases that are okay to say and the ones that are not okay to say. Here's the way you should dress and you shouldn't dress. Here, oh, tattoos, no, can't have those or whatever it is. And, And so we we impose our regulations and our rules, and ironically, they're not God's regulations and rules. And that's exactly what the Judaizers were doing and and we need to be very careful that that religion makes us try to conform people to who we are. But the gospel sets people free. There's a big difference. Religion says be like me, the gospel says you're free. Big difference, big difference. And so we we have to be real careful with that and we, we have to understand that it's okay if they're not like us. Now, now I want to be careful, and I don't want you to hear me say what I'm not saying. Right? It's really easy to take this and connect dots in such a way where we say, oh, well, I can do anything I want to. Well, here's what I want to tell you. If you follow the two great commands, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you're not going to go down that road. Because the Holy Spirit won't let you right and so uh, it's not a it's not creating a free-for-all it's creating a reality where you don't have to be like me and the truth is you don't want to be like me you want to be who God made you to be right okay so uh, religion creates conformity whereas the gospel leads to uniqueness and relationship with God the second thing which uh, why religion doesn't work is that ultimately all of that imposing our beliefs on other people leads to hypocrisy. Right? Remember, we took the survey last week, and the number one thing that people hated about religion was hypocrisy. Well, look what Paul says in verse 4. He says, This matter arose about Titus because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. And so he uses the word false believers. Right? That word in the Greek really means pretenders or hypocrites. You see, what was going on is they were bringing these rules about being Jewish and said, all right, if you really want to follow Jesus, you need to be Jewish, but in the process, ignoring some of the teachings of Jesus to make that a reality. And so hypocrisy is the idea is that I know what I'm supposed to do, but I'm going to do something else. Or really, for churchizers, the idea is, is I want to focus on this thing that's wrong with your life so that I don't have to deal with this thing that's wrong in mine. I'm going to focus on this bad part of you, and I'm going to say it so loudly that nobody will notice what I'm doing over here. So that's what religion does. Religion makes us compare ourselves to others and point out the problems with other people so that I don't feel bad about myself. It's hypocrisy. We look at others and find the faults in their lives so that we can feel like we're closer to God. And the truth is we're running away from Him when we do that. I remember when I was a 24-year-old pastor. I know that's hard to believe it was ages to go. I was a 24-year-old pastor and um, because I was a pastor and I'd been ordained and I had some seminary classes, my dad who was a Baptist deacon thought I knew everything. Ironically, he was wrong. (laughs) In fact, I'm 50 now, I have a doctorate, and I've been doing this for almost 30 years and I still don't know everything. In fact, I feel like I know less now than I did then. So my dad called and any time there was a problem in his church, he would call for my advice. And it was really kind of funny, but that's that's the way that it worked because I knew all the answers. So he called me one day and he was serving in his church on a deacon selection team. And so he called me and said, Doug, I need to ask you a question. And I said, okay. He said, we interviewed this guy last night to be a deacon. And he was perfect in every way to be a deacon. He sacrificially served people. Whenever he was needed to help, he was, he's there. Um, if, if anything above and beyond the call of duty, he, he will do it and he serves people without get, drawing any attention to himself. He's exactly what we're looking for, except he drinks beer when he watches football. And I started laughing, <laughs> oh, that's funny. I could tell by the breathing on the other end. He was not joking. I said, oh, you're serious? He said, yeah. I said, oh. so we had this conversation, and, and, I, and he said, so what do you think? And I said, dad, I'll just be honest. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. 24-year-old pastor having all the answers. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And he said, well, He shouldn't do that. And I said, okay, well, let's talk about this biblically. Jesus turned water into wine. And you can give me the whole it wasn't fermented thing, but that's a bunch of bull. (laughs) It was the best wine they had all week. So if it was the best wine they had all week, guess what? It was good stuff, right? So don't be doing that. That's not how this works. And the only passage that we have says, don't get drunk. There's a totally big difference. So we went back and forth and we talked, and then finally he said it but we're Baptist. I said, ah, now it comes out. And this is what I said, and I'll, I stand by this today. If being Baptist is more important than following Jesus, we're doing this all wrong. We're doing it all wrong. Well, he didn't listen to me. The guy didn't become a deacon. And uh, so, but that's what they did. And, and so, but, but that's, that's what happens. Because I know that church and I know those deacons and I know the people that said he couldn't be one. And I'm like, good grief. Look at all of the stuff you're overlooking in these people's lives. Look at all the stuff that you're not paying attention to. And you're focusing on this one thing. What, what a horrible picture of hypocrisy. See, and so when we decide to impose our beliefs on others, when we, our lifestyle, etc., on other people, here's what happens, is we start focusing on how bad they are because we're better than them in our minds. But we do that at the expense of our own own lives, our own realities. Jesus said it this way. He said, why do, you, why do you deal with the splinter in your brother's eye when there's a log in your own? Why are you so worried about fixing your brother who has this one little problem when you have a big one in yourself? You're a project, pal. Fix yourself. Work on you. Because you're a project. You see, religion makes us try to bring people into conformity and live life in such a way that we're comfortable with that. Dallas Willard said it beautifully. He said, Christianity is not a behavior modification system. It's not what it's designed to do. You see, I think Christianity is a fall in love with Jesus everyday system. Every day. And that's our call. And that's what we're supposed to do. And so here's here's what I know. Um, if I if I could sit down with the 24-year-old me that was in that phone conversation, it would be a hilarious conversation. And there are so many things that I would love to tell that, that 24-year-old. But what's phenomenal is, is that there are things now that are not sin that were sin then. And there are things now that are sin that weren't sin then. Why? Because it's a spiritual journey. It's a transformation for me. And we do this in community and we should start with community and it begins here. But the truth is, is that each of us are on this journey and we're different places. And for me to expect 24 year old me to be just like 50 year old me would be crazy and unfair. But yet that's what we do in hypocrisy. We expect you to be just like us and right where we are. Stop it. Stop it. You see, what we have to understand when you go outside the walls of the building, people are specifically looking for our hypocrisy. Now, we have to say up front, and if we're honest, every person in this room right now who can hear me and is listening to me, is a hypocrite. Because I am too. Because by definition, not one of us gets it all right all the time. And anytime we mess up, we fall into hypocrisy. that's humanity. See, that's not what they're looking for. What they're looking for us is to say how bad that person is and ignore who we are. It's okay to have faults, but it's not okay to pretend like you don't have any while you're focusing on everybody else's. That's what religion does. Religion says, I've got it together better than you, so I'm better than you. The gospel says, thank you, Jesus, for grace. Thank you for grace and for freedom. So I just want to encourage us that there are things that we do as denominations and as churches that are just incredibly important and good things. But when those things become the priority over King Jesus, those things become idols. There's only one who deserves our worship and it's King Jesus. Let's pray.